Welcome to the Dharma of the Force, a podcast about the spiritual and philosophical side of Star Wars. If that puts you off, it's just words. And if you think that's all a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, even better. We cannot widen our horizon and grow by never challenging what we believe, and we should always be suspicious of those who tell us what to believe. In some Buddhist traditions, listening to Dharma talks is a spiritual practice. It's not meant to give answers per se. It's an exercise in looking at questions and elaborating on them and finding the truth within yourself. So in that spirit, let us look at today's topic. Buddhist origins of Star Wars terms. I thought it might be a fun idea to look at words blatantly borrowed from Buddhism, amongst others. Everyone knows that the origins of Tatooine are the Tunisian village of Tatooine close to the filming locations and naturally there are also some Arab influences as well, of course. I mean, Mustafar. And some might have heard of Akbar the Great, a Mughal empire ruling over modern-day Pakistan, Afghanistan and Bangladesh in the mid-1500s. You also might have heard that the word Jedi comes from the Japanese word for period dramas, Chidaigeki. Sometimes fictionalized stories from a long time ago in a Japan not so far away, often starring Toshiro Mifune, whom George Lucas had in mind for Obi-Wan Kenobi, and who also starred in the Chidaigeki movie A Hidden Fortress, often cited as a major inspiration and blueprint of Star Wars A New Hope. The word itself is a compound of the two kanji for age or period, Chidai, and Geki for drama or play. So no surprises there. As the Japanese counterpart for westerns and swashbuckling adventure stories, it fits perfectly into the Star Wars context. Now let's look at some maybe lesser known references. I already mentioned Ahsoka in a previous episode, but since Emperor Ahsoka is sometimes considered the preserver of Buddhism, without whom Buddhism might have disappeared into obscurity, let's get a bit more into the details. Based on other rulers mentioned in his inscriptions, he probably was around in the 5th or 3rd century BCE. His name literally means without sorrow. Before he adopted Buddhism, he had been a conqueror known to commit cruel acts against his enemies and had been involved in several wars. There are many myths and legends about what made him lay down his weapons and become this perfect image of the king, but that's not really relevant now. Some of it is even disputed. What matters is the fact that he built thousands of stupas and steles. So when Buddhism saw a decline in followers due to the rise of Islam in former Buddhist places along the Silk Road like Afghanistan, as well as Hinduism, his inscriptions managed to solidify and save Buddhist lore over the centuries. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but if you look at Ahsoka surviving the events of the original trilogy, being able to pass down the legacy of the Jedi to a Grogu, it's a pretty cool coincidence. Staying in this general geographical area, and coincidentally, topic as well, you might have heard of stupas. They're all over Buddhist countries, from Nepal to Japan, sometimes differing in style a bit, but all serving the same purpose of basically connecting earth and sky like a spiritual radar dish. 
or like an antenna tapping into the cosmic force. So in a way, probably very similar to pyramids everywhere. Inside, there were often enshrined relics or sacred items. I'm, I visited many such pagodas, another word for it, in Japan, and I've been in one in Singapore that claims to have Buddha's tooth. One of the many that claim the same thing. But like I mentioned in a previous episode, ultimately it doesn't matter if it's the real one. Spiritual energy is known to have healing powers. If you're a skeptic now yelling, wait a moment, good, you paid attention. I'm not saying you can pray away cancer like a crazy person in some insane cult, god no. But scientific tests have proven that we have the mental capability to manifest certain things if we believe in them. Just take stigmata. While a lot of them have been debunked, it is undisputed that the spiritual frenzy can translate itself in, let's say, weird stuff. And it doesn't even have to be religious. What's with all the strange motivational gurus letting top-level managers run over burning coal in some sort of peer pressure mass hysteria? Now back to the topic. I said pagoda. Now here's the thing. In Sinhalese, spoken in Sri Lanka, they are called Dagoba. You know? Places of deep contemplation, where the worldly meets the spiritual, where the profane and the divine intersect, where heaven meets earth, where it focuses the force like a giant lens, where the spiritual realm and the primeval raw nature overlap, where you would go to hide and meditate. Now moving away from the obvious to the possibly coincidental, or maybe not, Bodhi Rook. Local boy and pilot in Rogue One. Is there any reason naming the character Bodhi other than that it sounds cool and Star Warsy? There might or could be. Bodhi is the Buddhist term for awakening or understanding, to awaken to knowledge or wisdom. In a way, it describes the journey of the character. He worked as a cargo pilot for the Empire until he had a moment of realization. The historical Buddha was said to have studied with many teachers but never quite found what he was looking for, so he went into a stage of extreme skepticism. To boil it down to its core, the story goes that after fasting for several years and looking very skeletal, as depicted in some statues, he was in deep meditation when he found enlightenment and realized that the middle way is the path to enlightenment. Not the path of extremes like starving yourself or self-mutilation as practiced by some yogi. You know, the balance of the force and such. He described it comparing it to a stringed instrument Neither should you tune it too tight, nor too lax. The tree under which he allegedly sat is still called Bodhi tree to this day, and a tree planted in 250 BCE, some 250 years later, still exists at the very spot in India. And now for the old Extended Universe fans. You probably wouldn't have guessed, and I'm sure it's more of a coincidence, but the name Mara Jade also has a story to tell. To get jade out of the way, the mineral jade has long been venerated in ancient Asia and has been seen as a symbol of wealth and power, and it is even the national stone of Japan. Now Mara, on the other hand, is more interesting. Mara is the Hindu goddess of death that also made her way into Buddhist mythology. 
Mara is now a man and more or less the incarnation of the opposite of enlightenment. Calling him the devil would oversimplify it, but there are parallels to the temptation of Christ. In Buddhism, Mara has more functions and forms and has even three daughters as embodiment of greed, hate and passion. One way Mara tried to distract the Buddha from reaching enlightenment is by sending his three very sexy daughters. A lot here gets lost in translation as there are many different layers to these terms. One example would be Tana, often simply translated into thirst. Well, amusingly, the modern understanding of thirst is not that far off, but it incorporates everything from longing, desire, craving or greed. Pretty much the materialistic urges that ruin our behavior. Craving for possessions, craving for attention, craving for approval, craving for status and all that. Another daughter is called Raga, as embodiment of desire, attachment to a sensory object or sensual greed and lust, the urge to possess and dominate someone else, leading to things like rape or addiction. There is of course some crossover with other religions from that area at the time, such as Hinduism or Jainism, but let's leave it at that. Before I wrap this up, just uh, something very different, a name that stood out from all the made-up character names. In the first episode of season 2 of The Mandalorian, he meets with a gangster named Gor Koresh. Star Wars rarely uses real-life names other than Tobias Beckett, which I'm sure you can find in the phone book of every major city. So the name Koresh really stood out. Not for being the biblical name of Cyrus the Great, but for being the adopted name of David Koresh, self-proclaimed messiah, who died in a shootout between his followers and the FBI in Waco, Texas in 1993. Bit of an odd choice, if you ask me. If you want to support me or this podcast, don't send money. I don't have a Patreon. Find a charity of your choosing and donate. And do yourself a favor and switch off your phone, disconnect and just sit in silence for a few minutes. Close your eyes and breathe. Just breathe.